Welcome, friends, to Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. I am your host, Curtis Kopotic, and I am joined by my co-host, Amber Brown. Today's episode, we speak with Jarrett Pikert. He is the lead pain science researcher for Fit for Work, and he's going to talk to us a little bit more about pain science and how to bring it on site when talking to your employees. So what is pain science and why is it so important that we be bringing this up again? We talked about it quite a while ago last year, but we thought it important to bring it up. So why is it important that we talk about this again? Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. I think pain science is a really important category to talk about. It, it's kind of a broad term. So pain science is the slang version of pain neuroscience education, what we kind of research and review to. It's the art, it's the manual of how to effectively treat pain. And we have a quarter of our population globally struggling with pain on a daily basis where they can't make it through one day without some kind of persistent pain. We need to look for opportunities to keep doing more and drive that message. The other part is research is constantly coming out. We're piloting some work. We're seeing new things evolve regularly and new ways to incorporate it for everybody, not just in the healthcare setting. So I think that's part of our focus for today and what we can grow a little bit from. That sounds great, Jarrett. But can you explain to us and our audience a little bit more about what exactly pain science is? Definitely. So going into the, the foundation, in the 1990s, we started looking at pain itself as not just a symptom of an injury, but what actually is pain. So we started learning that all tissues do heal, and it doesn't necessarily correlate with pain. And for almost 60 years, we've treated pain like it's simple, and we can just fix the problem and the pain goes away. A lot of times it does, so it makes sense in most of their cases, but unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't. And when we look into the pain story, why somebody hurts the way they do, why my pain isn't the same as your pain, our beliefs, our culture, our experiences set the tone for how my pain is going to be. So the, the pain science aspect is just looking at the greater picture of how we can treat pain and the variety of things we can do to help them instead of get to the one part. And an easy example, when somebody comes in because their back hurts, we go right into trying to fix the back. But the reality is, is they came in because they hurt so bad, they need help. So why wouldn't we try to fix the hurt as well as the actual back? So when we're doing our tests and we're asking our questions, we should come at this from more than one perspective of how to help somebody. And that's why we can leave somebody with an answer today. They can start making progress instead of waiting till next week, getting a prescription or doing something else. You talked about how everybody has kind of a different pain rating. You know, a lot of us have gone into the doctor for different injuries or pain, <laughs> essentially, and have been asked to rate our pain on that zero to 10 scale. Where does this fit in with pain science? Does it fit at all? Is my six the same as your six? Well, I wish it was that case because it'd be really easy if a six out of 10 meant this level of injury, doctors would have a really easy time fixing people. It would make healthcare a lot easier. Unfortunately, my six is a lot different than your six. My wife, if I tell her that I'm at a nine out of 10 pain, she rolls her eyes at me because during childbirth, I think uh, her nine out of 10 might be a lot different under that situation. So when we compare each other, it's really difficult. We like the zero to 10 scale in healthcare because we need insurance. We need some kind of sense of what we're fixing the problem. And a zero to 10 scale is very easy to do that. Unfortunately, there's a small percentage of people that really struggle with that scale because if they're doing the work to get better and they still feel like they're stuck at a six, it can be very demoting and degrading that they're not getting the results or that the treatment isn't actually helping them. So it's a little bit of a confusing system. Again, the reason we use it, insurance, we need that, that reassurance that things are getting better or we need to change our treatment. 
And when we look deeper into what pain is, it's a threat. So if we're treating it by that number, a better way to ask that question is, how big is the threat level? So we're rating it a a 6 out of 10, meaning there's something very severe going on here. We need to do something big about it. And that's getting deeper into what pain actually is. So how would you tell somebody what pain is in a way that will make them feel comfortable in kind of an easy Reader's Digest version of what is pain? That's probably the best thing that you can do is trying to break it down into something that that makes sense or it's a little simpler. So one category that's really helped me understand it is if you've ever lived on your own or moved out, you know, at 18 years old, and at first you're very excited and then all of a sudden the nerves hit because you're in a new place, new nighttime ritual, mom and dad aren't there to protect me, you know, after the lights go off. So when we have that little bit of a fear and anxiety of living on our own, especially if we were to be by yourself and a picture frame falls over, I think the fear that goes with that, you can't just close your eyes and go back to sleep, right? Until we get the threat calmed down, we have to go and investigate. We have to try to get some answers. So that's easy. We go down, we saw the cat knock the picture frame over. Not a big deal. We go back to bed. But what happens if that happened every night or a new sound went off every night or the house creaked? You can definitely feel where this example might catch a lot of people or they might understand how when the body's feeling threatened, it's not going to just magically let go and give in and and feel better. So it needs more reassurance. And there's other things like that's the whole premise of pain science is we can go back and look at some of the other factors that are keeping the threat system high. So you you did a good job of uh, explaining what pain is. We talked a little bit about that zero to 10 scale and and why the medical world or health system uses that. But can you tell us how many people are actually using this pain science in the medical world? Evidence in motion. Adrian Lau's research is just phenomenal. We definitely see this improve. He's using it with our military and actually trying to help people. So we're preventing PTSD and things like that, uh, some of the more severe cases. We're seeing an increase, but we all need to do a little bit better job. So when we're looking at the medical system, lawsuits, just evolving research, constantly changing insurance, it's really hard to stay up to date on your practice. So when new research is coming out about pain, it's not easy to just incorporate a new style to what you're doing. So we're seeing it it slowly integrate. I do have to share one huge win. I was with a patient, came in, and this was actually, he had already seen the doctor, already got an MRI come in. So of course I had to say, well, what did the MRI say? He already did all the testing. Let me know what's going on. And he goes, well, the doctor said there was a small tear, but it was nothing to worry about. It's normal. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Will you repeat that, please? Because it was a huge win. I mean, that was the first time I've ever had a doctor call a rotator cuff tear normal. And it really is because the research shows us that by the age of 30, one in three people have a small one. And most of them get better on their own before we ever know there's something there. So this kind of talking and helping is, is, is proof that it's getting to the medical system. And doctors are doing a good job of trying to stay up to date on this, but there's so much information coming out and we need to make this even easier for them to integrate it or not a complex version. It just should be the part of their normal. Another way to look at it is many people are using it. Many practitioners, parents, the way that they talk to their kids and they handle a kid falling down and scraping their knee. There's a lot of versions of pain science on how we can help somebody. It doesn't have to come from the healthcare setting. The empathy side of understanding what somebody's feeling and going through, especially if you've dealt with something, is a huge aspect of pain science. And then in the workplace, we have the the safety, the culture, 
inside the workplace, how happy your employees are. There's a lot of factors that can go into just the impacts of pain science, even from a leadership perspective. It doesn't have to be a doctor talking to you and and doing some tests. So the spectrum, it's not like this is giving a shot where it should only be administered by a medical professional. While a complex problem, the application and the administration of this, if you will, can be done by anybody who has a very basic understanding of what is occurring. That is our goal with PE at work is to make this where we can all do this. It should be the normal. The one thing the research really gets together on the same page is the more we understand pain, the less we have fear and the less we actually have. And it sounds really simple, but when we're talking about health and wellness, that's the same thing with every category. So the more we know about nutrition and diet and sleep and exercise and stretching, the more likely we're to do some of those things we know are proven to be very, very good for ourselves. And pain is the same way. The more opportunity we give somebody to learn about it, understand it, and self-evaluate the right way, the more likely that they're going to be successful from it. So if we can break that down into simple terms, absolutely everyone can use it. This is not something that has to go through just the medical system to get better. And that's what I really like about and I can appreciate about it is that it is something for everyone to use in their everyday life in a simple way. So how does this, since we are a injury prevention podcast, how would you relate what we've talked about so far to injury prevention itself. So the the PNE at work that we've really put a lot of focus into the last couple of years, that's that early intervention. That's trying to get people help before there's a huge problem. And we're we're giving them the high quality that they get to go home each day and feel a little bit better. And we can keep the happiness associated with their life and we can actually do a lot to prevent the curse of the chronic pain. And chronic pain is a complex category. It's a little too in-depth to go over today, but we know that it doesn't have to wait six weeks like the old model. We don't have to let someone sit in pain for a long period of time. They can start developing those chronic pain and those symptoms and the psychosocial aspects that can influence them quickly. So if we have a supervisor to help, a coworker to help, fit for work provider, or somebody on site that can actually start making improvements today, we can keep them away from that category. And that's the prevention side. So we can take that one in four people globally and start doing more to limit that number and keep them out of that category. During these uncertain times, I know that we all have a lot of questions that are coming up. If you've got questions regarding various things for your company, visit wellworkforce.com and click on the connect with us button. We can help answer those questions regarding injury prevention, ergonomics, and employee testing, just to name a few. For over 21 years, our diverse team of athletic trainers, occupational therapists, physical therapists, certified professional ergonomists, certified safety professionals, and industrial engineers have been servicing our clients in over 850 locations across 44 states and Canada in every conceivable industry. So once again, visit our website, wellworkforce.com, and click on the Connect With Us button to learn more. So, Jarrett, you've mentioned this PE at work a couple times now. How is this similar to what Adrian Lowe talked to us about last year? I have a fun story to share from talking to Adrian actually about PE at work. This is a few years ago when we were discussing how to incorporate this into the workplace. How can we actually bring this information and help mass quantities of people, similar to what he was doing with healthcare providers? And jokingly, uh, I was laughing, you know, we we're talking about it. He goes, You know what? I actually envy you. And it just kind of paused me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, you're the one cranking out all the good research here. And he said, I wish I could see people at that stage when they have something small, when there was an opportunity to prevent them. 
He said, I'm oftentimes stuck with the people that have given up, that they don't know what else to do. They've exhausted every effort possible. They've tried endless things and it's not working. And he's like, it's so much more complex to help somebody at that level. So when we're looking at PE at work and how can we do something and be the front line, what can we do today? Early intervention, how can we get leadership involved, safety teams involved, and do more to help a workplace, which is the majority of our population, and spread this message. So that's some of the research we've been working on and working with leadership to design new styles of PE at the, the most common levels where we can help everybody. So Jarrett, what is one thing that our site safety personnel, those people who are listening to this podcast on pain science, can do on site to help out their employees? Yeah, I mean, if somebody comes to you and they say that they hurt, the reason doesn't matter why. And on sites, especially in the workplace, we tend to jump to that. So instead, the first thing you have to do is, is say, I hear you. I know that you're hurting. I know there's something going on. Pull them into a controlled environment. Calm the situation down the best you can. When they finish and they leave, they feel like they have a friend that just listened to them, that they know what's going on and they have a plan to fix it. That's the number one thing I would tell anyone to do is make sure that they leave that conversation feeling that they've been heard. And why is it that being heard makes such a difference? It's part of that validating that their pain is real because everyone wants someone to feel that they're not making it up. They're worried about the situation. There's so many fears that have been building. So when we validate their pain and we let them know that we understand and we're here to help them, we're setting them up with a plan immediately to get better. We're not leaving the what-if scenarios on the table. We're trying to pull those off. You know, something I've noticed when I do a, a new hire presentation is I always present to the group and I ask them, when you get hurt, what are the most common questions? What are the immediate things that you want to know? And I've done this, I don't know how many times, and every time I get the same answers. And I'm guessing you know what those answers are too. So can you kind of go through what are those main questions that people want to know when they are hurt? Oh, that's a great point. So if we look at early research, people wanted to know exactly what was wrong. And they used to actually like, and they, they took a lot of pride in knowing the exact muscle, the name of the muscle, the type of injury. And now people don't really care as much about what is wrong. They want to know why they hurt. They don't quite understand what's happening inside me to make me feel this way. Plus, most of us know somebody with a back injury. So if I tweak my low back, my first thoughts are going to the worst case scenario. Oh my gosh, my grandparents said somebody that went through something horrific and I have that worst case scenario stuck in my head. So will I get better is a huge question people are worried about. Did I just ruin my back? Do I have a bad back now? And that's some of the biggest scary, fearful things that we could have that are going to inhibit us from quickly getting better because it's going to keep us guarded and our muscles tight and a lot of things protective because that's what pain is. It is a, it's responding to a threat. It feels that there's something we need to worry about and take very serious. So we are going to keep tight. We're going to remain locked up. We're going to prevent this from escalating any further. Well, weeks and weeks of that do not do well for our mental state, and we start doubting and questioning other things as well. So I think that probably covers some of the questions you get. Do you have anything else to add in, Curtis? Oh, no, it's definitely that. It's always, how bad is it? How long is it going to take to get better? And how much is this going to cost me? Those are really the consistent questions I get. Now, the cost can be a big one. That, that can really drive people, especially when you're paycheck to paycheck. I mean, a, a small injury, the thought process that goes behind that, what would I do if I couldn't work today? And that's a really scary fear in the workplace that goes through a lot of people's heads. Plus, they have things going on at home. We all have something to do this weekend. Just the frustrations of losing your weekend plans. 
I mean, it can be enough to start causing things to get tighter and tighter. So you've spent a lot more time talking about, I think, fears than structure. So just to kind of clarify, would you tell somebody, ah, this pain is all in your head? Uh, Absolutely not. I think that's actually one of the more damaging things that can happen. And it has happened in the medical world. A lot of times it's because pain is complex and it isn't simple. And when we don't understand it, sometimes we start to doubt what's going on or what's really there. Number one thing is all pain is real. 100% pain is a reaction to the threats you're going through. The threats are real, the pain is real, and your body's reacting because of it. So pain science biologizes pain. It actually gives us more clarity of why that pain is so real. So it's not that it's in your head. It's that we can identify what's causing it to escalate. And instead of being at a 7 out of 10, we can make this more comfortable at a 5 out of 10. and We can add clarity to what's really happening. Our listeners are made up mostly of safety professionals. How is this important to them? How can they bring this on site? What's kind of that take-home message for our listeners? I think that's a great question because that's probably the one thing everyone wants to know is how can I actually use this? Even in the healthcare, when we go through extensive training on pain sciences, is the so what? What can this actually do for me today? And is somebody on site, like a site safety specialist, think of somebody that's hurt before, right? So you've got John, he goes out on a shoulder injury. He goes through the process He gets his shoulder treated and fixed. The doctor signs off that everything is perfect now. He returns to work, and then all of a sudden, he's reporting shoulder issues again. And you're confused because you're going, well, John, the doctor said you're perfect. You're back to normal. It's 100%. It's safe. You can do this job. But they hurt. And we go back to what we were talking about earlier. When we're only treating the tissues, the muscles, the tendons, the joints, we're missing the boat because we didn't also treat the pain. And perhaps the doctor didn't either. So there's things that John might be fearful of, of returning to the same job that hurt him last week or doing some of those activities, or if we called it repetitious, and now he's doing that same thing, he's going, well, why wouldn't it hurt me again? What if this keeps getting worse and worse and worse? So when we don't treat the original problem all the way, we can expect continued results to keep happening. So pain science is a way that we can start helping and guiding people back and promising ways that they can do that job permanently without long-term problems. And that's kind of, I think, one of the biggest takeaways. Whether it's a safety professional being on site, we can put more context to why somebody might hurt and we can understand it. Because if we understand the why of the pain, we can actually do a lot more to help them and guide them through that job. We can also find better answers to start treating and making the job safer for everybody. This doesn't have to be just about John and why his shoulder hurts. And we've all been frustrated when we feel like everything's a green light and we're still struggling with the problem and we don't know what to do. Well, sometimes stepping back and treating the pain and looking at the other factors is a great solution. So when you bring up to somebody that their low back pain or whatever pain they're experiencing, that even though the tissues have healed and they're still experiencing that pain, Do you find people respond well to that information that this is the body responding normally, that it's not there's something still wrong with you, but it's just how the body is can be reacting because of other circumstances? How do people respond to that? I think it's multifactorial and you definitely don't approach this like it's just one simple thing. And I think people really appreciate knowing that it's going to be okay. So number one is they, they want to be recognized. People need to be validated that their pain is real, that they're experiencing it, and whatever they're telling you is not made up. It is actually happening. So one of the things we do on accident is we're always looking at the next level, what's beyond, and we really just have to listen to them. And a lot of times they give us the answer, we just have to do a better job of hearing it. 
So that's what I do. And that's what I think people need to specialize when they're using pain science is that empathy is just hearing what they have to say. And then we can learn how that's impacting their job, their feeling, their low back, and we can provide guidance from there. So normalizing it, I mean, you have to be kind of careful with your wording. We're just trying to be positive. We know that the back and the tissues in there are going to be just fine. We know that typically in under 14 days, we can have you almost 100% guaranteed. We know that physical therapy is the gold standard and it fixes easily two-thirds of the problems out there. So we have so many resources in our head that we know we're going to help somebody, but we have to do a better job of, of painting the picture for them. The artwork behind pain science is just giving them the clarity that I hear you, you hurt, I understand it, what can we do about it? So we can work with them to find the solution and give those the guidance along the way. Jerry, you've given us a lot of good information on not only pain science, but also different ways it can help out on site. If some of our listeners have any additional questions or want to know how they can bring pain science or PNE at work on site, who should they contact or where should they go for further information? Yeah, it'd be great to hear from you guys. You can always visit the website www.wellworkforce.com. We have a live blog that we constantly update and we have a lot of pain science materials that come out of that. We also have on our website that contact us if you'd like more information directly or to hear more about the research. Evidenceinmotion.com is another huge resource. Our partnership is phenomenal. These are the top tier researchers that are putting out information on pain science and changing the lives. I mean, they're researching elementary students and trying to incorporate pain science into the daily life of people. They're doing the military work and they're actually creating program specific for anyone that wants to take this, but specifically medical providers as well. And and kind of just to, to take it home and sum it up, that pain science is a, a valuable tool, a simple tool with a lot of information out there that people can use. And this isn't information that is trying to be you know kept for just a few select people. It's available for everybody. And by, by utilizing it, we can help alleviate a lot of those issues that have no, you know, they don't have a tissue issue, but they, they do have other issues that need to be drawn in and being seen how they connect to their pain. A hundred percent. And people work hard and they deserve to go home and feel good. And that's the principle behind pain science is we can do more to make that dream come true. Well, it's always good to do an episode on things that I feel a little more knowledgeable on. When you get into the weeds of pain science, it is really a complex topic on the details. But what is super simple is how it can be applied in the workforce. Anybody can just know that even though they don't know all the details, they can know that just by acknowledging somebody's pain and realizing that they really are in pain, getting them out of that stressful environment and helping acknowledge them, it can make a difference. So real complex topic, but simple application. And I love that. Yeah, for sure. And if any of our listeners want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into this complexity, we have done a previous interview on pain science. So if you want to look back to our June 1st episode of 2019 with Adrian Lowe, it can help you dive a little bit deeper into what exactly pain science is. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Workplace Injury Prevention, a Fit for Work podcast, where we are bringing the power of prevention to you. Please like and subscribe wherever you listen. And to get started preventing injuries, please visit our website at wellworkforce.com, where you can also find out more information on pain science. 
And please feel free to email us with any questions or comments to podcast at wellworkforce.com. And remember, prevention improves lives. Thank you.